Good morning, church. Well, this Advent, we're exploring in depth what it means that Jesus, the Savior, is born to us. We're asking the question, just what does it mean that a Savior is born for us? We know that before Jesus, we were all lost in darkness, and we were held captive to sin. And yet God had a plan called Christmas. And as it says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. God sent Jesus so that through his life, death, and resurrection, and our faith in him, that we might be saved. Now, lots of people's understanding of salvation or being saved means solely securing a a ticket to heavens, as it were. But salvation is really so much more than that. It is abundant life that begins right now, life that goes on forever. God sent Jesus to actually change our lives in profound ways so that our life both here on earth and our life after earth will never be the same again. Jesus came to bring wholeness to our lives by getting rid of all the things that might hinder us from walking fully in our redeemed lives. And anything less than the wholeness that Jesus offers falls short of Christ's gift of abundant life. Last week, Pastor Mark Rowland did some teaching for us about the Greek word sozo, That's the word we're exploring in depth this week, the word that is used in the New Testament for saved. He taught us that sozo not only means to be forgiven and saved from divine punishment, but that it also means to be healed and to be made whole. And so our hope is that diving deep into this word during Advent is that we will start to understand the rich fullness of this word so that Christmas, when it gets here, will mean so much more to us. And today we're going to look particularly at the healing and wholeness aspect of that word, so-so. You know that the Gospels are full of stories about Jesus bringing physical healing to people wherever he went. And we read several of those in this past week's readings in our Bible reading plan. One of these occurs in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith 
has made you well. <laughs> in this passage, we see 10 men who are all stricken in the same way with leprosy. Now, this disease has been around since ancient times, and in the ancient world, it struck fear and panic into the hearts of people. People who had leprosy were sent away to live apart from the rest of the community in leper colonies. Because leprosy is an infectious disease. And today we know it's caused by bacteria and it leads to severe and disfiguring skin sores and nerve damage in the arms and the legs and other areas of the body. Now, of course, ancient people didn't know that this disease was caused by bacteria and they didn't have any cure for it. And so eventually this disease would lead to paralysis and the crippling of hands and feet and to blindness. Luke tells us that Jesus was making his way to Jerusalem and that he was traveling along the border between Galilee and Samaria. Now, most good Jews avoided ever setting foot into Samaria since Samaritans were severely looked down upon by good, devout Jews. And so, good Jews would take a longer, more roundabout way to avoid setting foot in Samaria. But these 10 lepers had somehow gotten word that Jesus is nearby. He's in the vicinity and that his reputation as a healer preceded him. Everyone knew when Jesus was coming. So keeping their distance as they were required to do, these 10 leprous men shouted so that they could get Jesus' attention. Now, you know, lepers back then, they had to keep their distance from other people and they had to do that for a couple of reasons. First, they were considered contagious. And second, leprosy was a disease that made a person religiously or ritually unclean. You weren't allowed to go to the temple and worship. You had to keep your distance. If you did come into close contact with someone else, you had to call out, unclean, unclean, so they would be aware of it and keep, uh, give you a wide berth, keep away from you. Well, Jesus hears these 10 lepers crying out, to have pity on them. And he tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. Now, Jewish laws had strict rules about diseases that made a person unclean. You can read about those sometime in the book of Leviticus. And because these were religious laws, it wasn't a doctor you had to go to see to make sure you were clean. It was the priest that you had to go. And the priest was the one who would declare a person ritually clean again. So if a person was healed or if they, for some reason, went into remission, a priest would do an examination of the skin in the case of leprosy, and then they would make their declaration. And if the priest declared you clean, you could go and join the rest of society again. You could go back to your family. You could go back to life as usual. Jesus here is following God's law. Well, Luke tells us that while these 10 men were on their way to see the priest, they were all made clean, every single one of them. They were healed, all of them. Their dreaded disease was gone. Their crisis had been answered by Jesus. And the word that Luke uses here. And remember, Luke was a doctor. He uses a word here that literally means for a leper to be cleansed or cured. He uses the word katharizo, 
Luke does not use the word sozo here. These 10 men, their leprosy just left. That's what Luke tells us. Now, the word sozo is used over 100 times in the New Testament. And it is often translated save or saved. But a closer look at how this important word was translated makes it clear that our salvation includes a whole lot more than just the forgiveness of our sins. The deeper meanings of sozo are to be made well, to heal, to restore our health, to to keep safe, to deliver one from the penalties of messianic judgment or to save from the evils which obstruct the reception of messianic deliverance. Sozo is more than just physical healing. It's about the complete wholeness that Christ offers to us. Anything less than that complete wholeness falls short of everything that God wants to give to us in Jesus Christ. Luke tells us that when one of the lepers saw that he was healed, that he no longer had leprosy, he came back to where Jesus was. And he was praising God in a loud voice. I mean, can you imagine the excitement that he must have felt, the the feelings, the emotion that he had? Wouldn't you have done the same thing? This one cured man throws himself at Jesus' feet and he thanks him and he thanks him. And Luke points out to us that the one who returned was a Samaritan. Jesus looks around and he probably wondered where the other nine men were. And he asked, hey, weren't there 10 of you? Where are the rest of the guys? Why did only one foreigner come back to say thank you? But then Jesus said to the man who returned, rise up and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you so-so. You see, only one man received salvation. The Samaritan's gratitude and thanksgiving to Jesus seems to have brought about something fuller in his heart than just a mere healing of his physical ailment. He's had a conversion experience, actually. His faith has opened his eyes up to who it is that is standing in front of him. Jesus, the Messiah, the long-awaited one from God, the Savior. You see, all ten men got what they wanted. They got what they asked for, that is, physical healing. But only the man who returned got more than he ever even dreamed of asking for. He got healing. He got wholeness. He got salvation. He got sozo. When Jesus healed and made people whole, it often set them on a journey of holiness. Wholeness means a deeper commitment to God. It means that we have a more constant awareness of the indwelling Christ in each of us. Physical, emotional, and spiritual healings can be catalysts to living the kind of abundant life that Jesus came to bring. It prompts people to follow Jesus as Lord of their life. And Jesus came to bring that to everyone, to all people. 
Remember, the one who received wholeness in this story was an outsider. He was a foreigner. He was a Samaritan. But Jesus' gift of wholeness is for everyone, inside or outside, makes no difference. Jesus came to save all people. That's why he came to earth. The prophet Isaiah had foretold of Jesus many, many years earlier. He had described the kind of people for whom the Messiah would come to rescue. Listen to these words from the prophet Isaiah from chapter 35, verses 3 through 6. Isaiah writes, Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. You see, Jesus came to heal many different kinds of infirmities. Isaiah lists a few of those for us. The blind, the deaf, the mute, the lame. Isaiah tells us to remain strong because God is coming with a vengeance to right wrongs. He is coming to save us. Now, when Jesus was near the beginning of his earthly ministry, you'll remember he visited the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth one Sabbath day. And it was the time uh, or the turn for the uh, scroll of the prophet Isaiah to be read. And so it was taken and it was handed to him And Jesus opened it and read from it. He actually defined his own ministry with the words from Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." And later in Jesus' ministry, when John the Baptist was in prison, he sent some of his disciples to go and ask Jesus if he truly was the Messiah or if they should still wait for someone else to come. And Jesus told John's disciples to go back and tell John what they had seen. In other words, to let Jesus' actions speak for themselves. Jesus said, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. We read about another time Jesus was healing this past week in our Bible reading plan. Do you remember that story from Mark 5? The one where Jesus was by the Sea of Galilee and a large crowd begins to gather around him once they find out that he's there. We'll pick up today in verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and she had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? 
You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. In this healing story, we see a woman who has had some type of bleeding disorder for 12 years. Her bleeding has rendered her unclean according to the law. She hasn't been able to go to church. She hasn't been able to be around her friends or her family if she had any, or she would have caused them to also become unclean. There was no such thing as insurance back in Jesus' day, and Mark tells us that the woman had spent every last cent that she had on doctors trying to get well. The only thing was she didn't get any better. She kept getting worse. And so she sees Jesus as her last chance. She's in the crowd who's pressing in on Jesus, and she believes that if she can only get close enough to touch his robe, that she will be well again. And as soon as she does touch him, her bleeding stops immediately, and she knows without a doubt she feels it in her body that she has been healed. Now, Jesus knew that someone had just been made well because he felt power go out from his body. And he knew who it was who had touched him. But he asked the question, I think, to teach a lesson on faith. He wasn't angry that he'd been touched, he wasn't mad at the woman. Again, he will show her just what it was that allowed her to be healed. This woman comes to Jesus and she tells him the whole truth. And he tells her that it is her faith that has made her well. It is her faith that has not only healed her, her faith has made her whole. Her faith has made her sozo. In both of these healing stories thus far this morning, Jesus has looked with compassion on people who might have been deemed outsiders, unclean in his day and age in society. One was a Samaritan. One had leprosy. One was bleeding. Yet he had compassion on them both. He wasn't afraid to rub shoulders with people where other people may have kept their distance. It reminded me of a time back in the 1980s when the AIDS epidemic was still pretty new and a lot of people didn't know quite for sure what caused it or how it happened, how it spread. And at that time, many people still believed that casual contact could spread HIV AIDS, even though science had proven that bodily fluids were how the virus was translated, transmitted. That word wasn't widely known yet. And how on April the 19th, 1987, there was a new wing that was being dedicated to treat people with HIV AIDS at Middlesex Hospital in London, England. And Princess Diana went to open the new ward on that day. And while she was there, she shook hands with the workers and with the patients without wearing medical gloves. She saw those workers and patients with compassion and her visit did a lot to bring about the healing, or at least the beginning of the healing, for the emotional stigma that accompanied people with AIDS still back then. 
One more healing story for today. It comes from Mark 10. The Bible says, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a loud crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And so they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Here we see a story of one more person who's kind of been shoved aside by society, by his town, even by his friends. The man is blind. Some people in that time saw blindness as a curse from God, like he had done something wrong. There were no social service agencies back in that time to help him like we have some today. And so this man is reduced to begging for a living because his blindness prevents him from working. And when he hears that Jesus is passing by, he begins to call out to him in the hope of attracting his attention so that he can receive healing from him, just like so many other people he's heard about have received. Well, the townspeople think so little of him. They find his plight so insignificant that they tell him to be quiet. But Jesus did hear Bartimaeus. And he didn't think he was insignificant. In fact, Jesus calls to him and he tells him to come over to him. Bartimaeus gets up and he goes. And then I think Jesus asked Bartimaeus the most profound question imaginable. What do you want me to do for you? It's kind of like that same question that God asked Solomon a couple of weeks ago in our sermon series. Ask me anything you want, Solomon. It's yours. Jesus knew what Bartimaeus wanted, and he knew what he needed. I think Jesus asked him the question so that Bartimaeus could focus on what he needed the most from Jesus. I think Jesus asked so that Bartimaeus would participate in his own healing in his being made whole. Bartimaeus said, Rabbi, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. Your faith has sozoed you. And so what do you want Jesus to do for you? In what area of your life do you need to be well? Do you need to be whole? Is there anyone or anything stopping you? What is keeping you from calling out to Jesus or for approaching Jesus for your healing this very morning, this very day? My friends, God is still in the miracle business today. Jesus came to bring us healing, wholeness, completeness, and abundance of life. Cry out to him boldly today and tell him what you want him to do for you. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we thank you 
for Jesus, the great physician, the lover of our souls, the healer of our bodies, minds, and spirit. We thank you that you heal us um, in all sorts of ways, but that your ultimate um, plan is to bring wholeness to each one of us, to your whole creation, actually. Lord, help us like the woman who wasn't afraid to come up and touch Jesus' garment, like, like blind Bartimaeus who shouted out to gain Jesus' attention. Help us to come with boldness and ask for what it is that we want Jesus to do for us. And then help us to surrender our lives just like the man with leprosy, to fall on our face and worship and praise for how good you have been, for how good you are, and for truly how good you will be. We trust you, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name, amen.